0: Today we continue on with our study of the Dhammapada, going on to verses 19 and 20, which comprise a single story. The verses are as follows. Mm-hmm. Bhahumpiche sanghita bhāsamāno na takaro hoti naropamato gavo ganayang paresaṅ na bhāgavā samanyasahoti And twenty apampi cha sanghita basamanu dhamasa hoti anudamachari ragancha do pahaya pahayamohan samma pajano tama pajano suimuta chito suimuta Anupādiyāno Anupadyanu idha sa Samanya sahuti. two long verses so what they mean bahumpi bahum means much as opposed to apa which means little bahumpi sanghita sanghitabhasamano speaking or, or being able to teach much that is related to the goal or that is uh, of use but Nata being one who doesn't practice accordingly. Naro, a person who doesn't practice accordingly, who is rather bamato, who is negligent or heedless. So as a person who, though they know a lot and they teach a lot, doesn't practice accordingly and is negligent. Like a person who looks after the cows of another, who counts the cows of another person. Such a person doesn't, take, doesn't partake of the blessings of the holy life or the fruits of the holy life. And the, the opposing verse, A person who knows even a little bit, even though they know a little bit, or are able to speak a little bit of the truth. But they are Dhammasa, they are da- anu a person who practices the Dhamma in, re- in according to the Dhamma or in order to realize the Dhamma, and realizes the Dhamma. ragancha sancha tahaya They abandon, with the abandoning of delusion, greed, uh, greed, anger, and delusion. They have uh, clear comprehension, samapajano, and Suvimuttajito. Their mind is well freed or well liberated. Anupadiyano, not clinging to anything, ida rangwa, here or hereafter, means in this life or in terms of, of for the future, or future lives. Sapbhagava samanya sohoti, such a person partakes is one who partakes in the holy life, or in the fruits of the holy. So, this is word-by-word word translation. Basically, it means a person who, though they know a lot, but doesn't pra- don't practice accordingly, and you know, are negligent and heedless and so on, they don't have a part in the the fruit of of the teachings. But a person who, even though they've studied a little bit, and and maybe know very little, uh, and can, can explain very little, but still, by practicing according to the teaching, they, uh, they become one who partakes of the fruit of the truth. Now, obviously, this makes sense. Through practicing the teachings, if you practice accordingly, and give up loba, dosa, moha, raga, lust, dosa, anger, and moha, delusion. Someone who has clear comprehension. So it's actually practicing the Buddha's teaching on mindfulness and becomes suvimutta has freedom in the mind so this is given in regards to a story again i'm pulling out the commentary here because it turns out that the english is quite um negligent the the person who, who translated it didn't do a very good job so they, in the last story and in this story i realized i'm probably going to have to use this book to check every one and actually read the pali because it's, it's not precise. The meaning, is not, the meaning is not as given. In the last one it was actually quite important because the, what it said is that a person who has reached the second stage, this woman who, who, went, who, who called her, younger, her her father a younger brother, uh, and they say the reason she got sick is because she wanted a husband. But she was a, a sakadagami. So the idea that she would starve herself because she didn't have a husband is a bit ludicrous. Uh, she is someone who is very high in, in the teaching, and that's not what, actually what the text says. So this one is not so important, but it's it's mixing up some parts of it, and it's saying that the the well, anyway, I'll read the story and then I'll explain what the disparity is. So there were these two two friends, inseparable friends, and they became monks in the Buddhist teaching. The older one was older; one was they weren't the same age. One older, one younger and the buddha said so uh, told told them that there are two two duties in the buddhist teaching when when someone becomes a monk they have two duties one is to practice vipassana and the other is to study the texts or to memorize the texts the older one said well being old probably it's going to be difficult for me to uh, learn all of the teachings and to memorize them and be able to recite them can i just do the vipassana part uh, or, or he said to himself I'll just do the vipassana part I'll just do the part of coming to see things clearly as they are so he he took on took up some rag robes you know, he, he went and got some rags and put together a set of robes and went to the Buddha and asked for a meditation teaching and the Buddha gave him a teaching in regards to the practice of vipassana meditation all the way up to arahanchima he went off into the forest and became an arahant the other one, because he was younger, he said, well, I'll just do the study side of things. Then. So he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take up and learn all of the Buddhist teaching. And he actually was able to memorize all of the Tipitaka. I believe is that, that is what it says. Uh, anyway, he was able to memorize quite a bit of the, if not all of the Tipitaka, the Buddhist teaching. But he didn't practice. And because he was so famous from his teaching, he had lots and lots of students coming to see him. So he was... a A very well-known teacher, and well-respected, had lots of something like 18 groups or something. I don't know what it says in here. Uh, And the one in the forest as an arahant, it so happened that a group of monks, they got training from the Buddha and then they went off to the forest to live and went to where he was staying, practiced under him and became arahants as well. When they became when they had become arahant, they asked. They went to see the elder and they asked permission to go back and see the the Buddha. They said, "We'd like to go see the Buddha." The Buddha said, "Fine, go back and pay respect to the Buddha and pay respect to the eighty the the Buddha's two chief disciples and all of the eighty great disciples, and then go and pay respect to my friend and tell him you're paying respect in the name of your teacher." So they did this. They went to the Buddha and so on, and then they went to find his old friend. And said we pay respect in the name of our teacher. And he said, "Who is your?" And he said, "Well, who is your teacher?" And he said, "It's your friend who you became a monk together with." And he said, "He has students. What? What did he teach you? Did he teach? Could you? What could you have learned from him? Could you have learned the, even one one nikaya or one pitika? Or, or what could you possibly have learned from him? Uh, because he doesn't know anything. He didn't study. How could he? What, what do you mean, teacher?" And. So he, he said this kind of thing, and then he thought to himself, "When this monk comes, I'm going to ask him some questions, and I'm going to show that, he, show show everyone that, that he's, uh, he's a fraud, really, because he can't be a teacher; he doesn't know anything." And it so happened that eventually this senior, the arahant, came back to where the Buddha, and pay, where the Buddha was, paid respect to the Buddha and went to see his old friend, and sat down, and. The, the the younger monk, who was the, te- the, the study monk, he thought, okay, now I'll ask him some questions. And I'll show, and, and his students were there, and the older monk's students were there. And he said, in front of all these people, we'll show, him, show everyone what this monk, that this monk knows nothing. And the Buddha found out about this. He knew what was going on and got, a, got the gist of it and realized that if he let this happen, this younger monk might go to hell. And it says, young. it says in here somewhere that. Ah, oh, no, it's on the last page, that's why I don't see it. He said, uh, if I let him be, he'll go to nirya He'll go to hell. Nirye, nip, but he might go to Niryā to hell, if I leave him, if I let this happen. So the Buddha went walking uh, through the monastery and went to see these two monks. And he sat down on a seat that they had ready, because they always have a Buddha seat ready. And he asked, some, the Buddha asked questions. And this is where the disparity is. Um, because what, what, what really happens, just right here, is he asks, first he asks the study monk about the first jhana. And the first monk can't answer it. He asks the other monk, the, the monk who's been practicing about the first jhana, that monk, no problem answering it. And he asks the second jhana, same thing. Third jhana, fourth jhana, all, the, all of the eight the uh, the the eight ja- the four rupa jhanas and the four arupa jhanas, he asks about all of them. And it says in this the text that the study monk wasn't able to answer a single one of them. And on the other hand, the the practice monk was able to answer every single one of them, or was able to answer them. Then he asked about the first path, uh, the sotapanam path, and the study monk wasn't able to answer, and this practice monk was. So he's asking questions that relate directly to the practice, so it must be something like "What is what is this experience like? What is that experience or what what happens during this experience? Can you describe it to me?" And so because it wasn't in the text, it wasn't something he learned from heart. he, he had no uh, no knowledge of it he had no answer. So the first second, third, fourth, and each time the Buddha when, when the the practice monk uh, answered correctly he would hold his hands up and say sadhu and, and express his appreciation and then all of the all, all of the uh, students of the, the study monk they started muttering about this and they said why does the Buddha keep praising the, the younger monk and they said isn't it crazy that the Buddha keeps praising this monk who knows nothing and the Buddha turned to them and said what are you talking about and they said well, they explained what they are saying and the Buddha said Monks, your teacher is like a person who looks after the cows of another, uh, another farmer. He looks after them, he doesn't get any of the milk, he doesn't get the butter, he doesn't get the cheese, he doesn't get any of the fruits of the cow. But my son, Mamma Putta, is what he said, uh, I think, I believe, uh, is like the farmer who, who owns the cow. And then he gave these two verses. So the discrepancy is that the, the English translation makes it out that the jhanas that the study monk was able to answer them, uh, which isn't the case here. Anyway, just a small point. More important, this is a very important one from a practical point of view, especially because it details some points of practice and some characteristics of a person who doesn't practice. So this is a reoccurring theme in the theme in the Buddha's teaching that the study of the texts doesn't make one a follower of the Buddha even though you can study all of this and many monks will mem- will practically memorize this commentary this is how they learn Pali I did a little bit of it I learned uh, maybe half of this uh, I tried uh, and it's a good thing uh, to study but the person who a person doesn't practice accordingly who doesn't take the teachings to heart and isn't mindful pamato. If you know the last words of the Buddha, it was So don't be negligent. These were his last words. So here a person who is being negligent is very much the core of what the Buddha told us not to do. So it means that for someone who is teaching, uh, wasting their time just with teaching, just with spreading the Dhamma to others and not actually practicing on their own, uh, that, that it's considered to be negligent. And, and, of course, in their mind they 're heedless. they're not aware when the emotions arise. and you see this in many um, scholarly monks or, or scholars of any type. They can become quite conceited and attached to their knowledge and, uh, and aren't able to recognize when' aren't able to recognize the defilements in themselves and aren't able to eradicate them. On the other hand, a person who doesn't even study anything or let's say not doesn't, doesn't study anything upa upa means uh, little because the story goes that he studied enough to become an arahant this is like when someone has a map and one studies the route one's going one doesn't have to study over here or over there one just has to study this way okay and then i reach here and there and then there's this sign and turn right and so on and that's it you don't have to worry about the rest of the map uh, this is this is what it means by Appa it means enough you learn just enough and so this is the, op- the, the, the the difference between these two monks one of them learned the whole map which is useful because he had lots of students and maybe some of his students became enlightened there was a story as, that I always tell him about this monk who just did teaching and all of his students became enlightened one of his students became an anagami and thought what is our teacher what, level, what, what attainments has our teacher gained and he thought about it and he realized our teacher is still an ordinary human being so he went and he performed some magic and he, he levitated off the floor in front of his teacher. He said, time for a lesson. But he didn't mean it the way his teacher thought. And he said, I have no time for a lesson, I'm so busy. And then he floated up in the air and he said, you have no time for yourself, I don't want a lesson from you. And flew out the window, apparently. Uh, and this monk got very uh, distressed and he, he actually left and went off to practice meditation as a result and uh, if you know if you've heard the story if you haven't heard the story he goes off into the forest and he's all alone but he's so famous that the angels think he's uh, they, they think they can learn from him so the angels come and they want to oh, well, he's practicing meditation let's practice accordingly and so he walks and they walk and he sits and they sit and then he he gets so frustrated that he's not gaining anything so that he sits down and starts crying and suddenly this angel appears beside him and it's sitting there crying and he said what are, you, what are you crying for? And the angel said, well, I see you cry. I thought that must be the way to, be, the way to practice. And, that, and then, he, <laughs> then he felt so ashamed that he actually started taking it seriously. And he woke up and said, this is stupid. And and gave himself a slap in the face and sobered up, I guess. And then he became an arahant. So the key is to not be negligent. A person who is, who is negligent means someone who is not being mindful, as the Buddha said. A person who is always mindful, this is what it means to be vigilant or to be heedful. And so here, in the next verse, it talks about what, it, what are the, some of the requisites for being heedful. Dhammasahoti anudhammachari, someone who practices the Dhamma, practices the teaching. So you take the four foundations of mindfulness, they don't sit around thinking about them or studying about them or teaching them or reciting them or however. You take the time to go and find a cave or find a tree or find a, a hut and, and practice. And then what do you do? Rāgancha This is key because some people don't quite, uh, it isn't quite clear what we're trying to do and, and what are the measurements of, of our practice, the way we measure our practice is based on the amount of raga, the amount of dosa, the amount of moha greed, anger, and delusion. And the more of this that we 're able to do away with, the further we 've gone in the practice, or the further our, our, our measure the measure of our progress is how much we 've been able to do away with this, so do we have less raga, less lust, less anger, less delusion, and forth and then the way to, uh, to abandon it is in the next verse, samma pajano, through the practice of samma, which means right, and pajano, which means uh, clear seeing or seeing uh, thoroughly. They translate this often as clear comprehension, sampajanya. Uh, but it really means the, the, the perfect awareness of, of reality. So, for instance, when you watch the stomach, it's a simple example. Perfectly knowing what's going on. This is the rising, this is the falling. When you're walking, knowing that your foot is moving. When you're sitting, knowing that you're sitting and so on. When you're in this awareness, when you have this full and complete and samma, which means proper awareness, so it means there's no, it's just full knowing. You know this is rising, you don't like it or dislike it or cling to it and whatever experience arises, so we hear the noise here, not getting upset or attracted to it. We see something not to be um, attached to it or repulsed by it. So just rightly seeing it as it is, this is Samma Pajano. Suvi Jitto, with a mind that is well-released. Well-released means, and there are different kinds of release, the commentary talks about these, but in the next page. But the most important one is, uh, it's like the covering up of the roof you, know? you can cover it up with morality you can cover it up with concentration but most important is to cover it up cover up the roof with wisdom to create a, a seal with wisdom so that your mind has no there's no room for it to arise because the mind is is perfectly airtight you have perfect complete knowledge you know the truth uh, I mean basically it means to see Nibbāna because once you see Nibbāna your mind is perfectly protected. The first time when a person becomes a sotapanna, the mind is perfectly protected from, uh, or is perfectly freed from, uh, what is it, Sakayadītti, view of self, uh silabhata silabhata-paramāsa, which means uh, attachment to wrong practices, and wrong morality. So abstaining from things that it's not necessary to abstain from, taking on practice that are practices that are not necessary to practice, thinking that by abstaining and by practicing in this way, or thinking that these abstentions and these practices are necessary. And you never do that because you know what is the right practice and you know what leads to the, the result because you've been there. And which means no doubt because you've seen nibbana you have no doubt about whether Nibbāna exists or about what the Buddha taught, because you've come to see the truth for yourself. And when you get got ānagāmi, and ārahanta, when you become an ārahanta and the mind is suvi jitta. the mind is Suvi-muttā, which means well-freed. There's no greed, no anger, no delusion, no ignorance. So full, full understanding of the Four Noble Truths. Everything that you experience is seen just for what it is. There's samma-pajana, sampajanya. So that's the uh, final story of the Yamaka Vaga and the group of pairs, the first Vaga. And uh, it's a reminder for us that what we are doing is the proper practice of the Buddha. We should be proud because many people, even people who were born Buddhist or have uh, have found Buddhism, Westerners who find Buddhism, will often just spend their lives studying and talking and discussing and uh, trying to appreciate intellectually, and they consider intellectual appreciation to be uh, the realization, and they miss the fruit of the holy life, because they don't actually practice it. So you should feel proud, not, not proud and conceited, but you should feel confident and feel good about yourself and we should remind ourselves that what we're doing is a good thing. Uh, remind ourselves means look at the benefits that we've gained and, and not disparage the, the wisdom that we're gaining in the practice. Because every moment you're gaining something, learning something more about yourself. On this, on the other, at the same time, it's easy to become discouraged because it's very difficult and you're, you're experiencing things, you're dealing with things that you're so used to covering up and avoiding. So when they come up again, there's the gut. The the instinct is to re- to repress them, to push them away, to run away from. them. So it can be quite dis- quite disheartening, and 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 uh, some people actually decide they want to run away. They don't want to deal with it anymore. So it's important to remind ourselves that this is really, you know, what we've gained already, or or what what we're doing here is something uh, quite important and quite incredible. And to remember the good the goodness of what we're doing. Be able to. Uh, don't don't lose sight of what we've gained or what we're gaining because you're learning all the time about yourself about how the mind works about how reality works and uh, that's a very precious precious gift so that's the story for today it's our study of the Dhammapada for this, sec- this, uh, this session and tomorrow or whenever we'll get on to the second second chapter Thanks for tuning in and back to meditation.